0: To the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Joe,
1: it's been a great NCAA basketball tournament on the men's side and the women's side. We're on Monday night here, we're watching the end of this double overtime UConn NC State game. But on the men's side, it's been a great tournament, but Sunday was a bit of a dud. (laughs) We had two blowouts that sent Kansas. And UNC to the Final Four, but up until that point, I, it's just been a great tournament, and and that's just the luck of the draw. You know, when those games, you're bound to have some games be a little bit wider margin. It just turned out both of those were on a Sunday. If if they would have split the weekend or something, that it would have been as noticeable. But either way, we have an all kind of blue blood Final Four, all four entries into the final four here have had three national championships or more in in most of their cases villanova's the one with three um so yeah i mean these are traditional teams villanova the least of that um kansas unc and duke my goodness blue bloods um so it sets up what cbs tbs turner the people that own the rights to it this is this is what they want they want those matchups and nothing highlights that more than this Duke-UNC Final Four game that has never happened before in the t- tournament. They never even faced in the tournament, you know, at any point, much less the Final Four. And the hype is there. I mean, I, at work today, everybody was talking about that game. And and a lot of them aren't Duke or UNC fans. A lot of them are UVA fans. They're the ones I reference in my other discussions. So the hype is there. That game is about to get a monster rating this weekend. And I think it's good for college basketball. I think it's good for the sport to have those two teams playing this late. Um, Even though we, me and you are quick to roll our eyes at tobacco road and all that. Hey, for at least once here's a Duke UNC matchup that actually does mean something. It's not just hype. It, it is the winner goes to the national title game. So I I'm pretty excited about it, honestly.
0: Yeah, I don't, you know, you Said Villanova has the least amount of success, but Villanova actually has the most recent success. Most recent, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've actually won uh, two titles two in five. the last nine years, or something like that.
1: I think it's less than that. I think it's like five, isn't it?
0: Oh, uh, well, whatever the span is. No, the other three schools have one combined, and so that's cool. And I think on the other side, you know, you were talking about Tobacco Road, but that that rivalry does mean a lot. Those games usually matter. Usually it's to determine who the best team in the conference is. And now it's to it's determine who a has a chance to go. Since I would
1: say that's a consistent repeating thing. Like,
0: Okay, but it's that, it's that way more often than not. The game it matters. Is. It
1: is. I like that this actually means it. Like, I often feel like. No, stop.
0: Leland, I'm going to stop you because what you're saying is it actually matters. It always actually matters. It's a rivalry. It always sure. actually matters, especially when it's to determine a team like who is the best in the ACC. That's usually a one seed. It, it always mattered well, not always, but it more times than not matters
1: last year it didn't, so that's that's why i'm I'm saying it's it's been a little bit uh, this is the most it's mattered in a long like for a long time ever because it's in the final four this is the most it's mattered ever because it's in the final four yeah, it's, it's the, the first time
0: tournament. they've ever played, but in the tournament it's in the final four
1: when you're talking about those two teams meeting during the regular season, and it matters. It matters who's the number one team in the conference. Yeah, that matters. This means winner doesn't play any more basketball. The other one plays for a national championship. So there's no well, okay, but I'm going to accept that there was another meaningful To
0: remind game. you, the, the ACC championship used to mean that too before they expanded the field to 64 teams.
1: Okay, so in my lifetime, which is longer than yours, okay, sure. In Coach K's career... Who is coached for four years? But it's not years. what
0: I'm saying. So is it's not the first time that these two teams have played, and the loser doesn't play any more basketball.
1: It's it's been many a decade, four plus decades since since that. So I'll, I'll take like you know color television and seeing this as meaning something. <laughs> okay, just so listeners know, Joe just stopped the recording so he could fact check my. Forty years. It was 1985, so we're not quite to 40. We're right there. I thought it was 84 was the first year victory. It was 85. Excuse me, uh, Joe just stopped the recording so he could fact check me, and I am now cranked up a level now on on what I'm going to say here. I am not going to accept. You telling me this isn't the biggest meeting between those two? It That's is the I biggest heard
0: meeting, heard. but I'm also not it going to matter. accept you throwing out there this game doesn't usually matter. It's way overhyped. It's Duke UNC. Who cares? It's been
1: a bit. The quote. Oh, we're hot tonight. The quote I had was it's been a bit since. Like these two years. Have had it's been two the whole years. Man. That matters. Yeah, Gosh. Three to five years. You tell me the, the Big 12 in football has been terrible forever. It's been three or five years that it's been terrible.
0: Leland, now whoa, so whoa, 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 whoa. We are talking two different time periods. The Big 12 hasn't been relevant for like a decade. It's sucked for a decade.
1: Okay, Duke, so North Carolina,
0: I, I, I protest your three to five years. But, I mean, Coach Roy Williams hasn't been gone that long. That game's kind of mattered when he was there.
1: I thought you had him marked for dead years ago. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought he had been terrible for years for <laughs> <per> you
0: <laughs> the game is still mattered it's usually uh, sometimes it depends on who gets in the tournament some like some of the years one of the well, teams hasn't been very good Duke
1: has only not made it last year last year was the only year that, that Duke didn't make it in the last well
0: 30, that and because so COVID canceled 25. a tournament they weren't going to get invited that year anyway
1: either way uh, so I just want to I just want to get past this point of contention apparently that this is the most meaningful game he's played. these two rivals have played in 35 to 40 years because this is the winner plays in the national championship two days later. It's a Final Four game. It's the biggest hype thing. And the reason I'm more excited about this this week is because three weeks ago I had to listen to how them playing at Durham for Coach K's last home game was the biggest game they've ever played against each other. And so that meant nothing in comparison to what this means. And if mm. I had to listen to that three weeks ago, this actually does. That game three weeks ago meant a whole lot to people in North Carolina and people that wear light blue and wear a devil or wear a devil on their chest. This means a lot to everybody in the nation.
0: And I, and I think because you are big, If you are a fan
1: of this sport – this sets up a national championship game.
0: If you're a fan of this sport, that game meant a lot, too, because it's Coach K's last home game, and UNC oh, went in there I, and blew over, the doors I mean, off of them.
1: It, it got so overplayed, so overplayed. It was so satisfying. So that we you know what, about that then? Time. I'm going to
0: poo-poo but on Virginia Tech, because that game didn't mean anything. Because Virginia Tech lost in the first round of the tournament. They suck. It doesn't matter. That doesn't mean anything.
1: We're hanging a banner. Yeah, but
0: Can it doesn't mean anything. In
1: a banner? Did either did UNC or Duke hang a banner because of what happened in Durham in the last night of the season? No, their banners have no. national
0: championship on it, not conference championship. They hang
1: ACC championship.
0: Yeah, banners. but those Don't. aren't the ones they really care about. They care about the ones that have national. No, that's because they
1: got so many damn of them. It does. It does make a difference to them. So what I'm but telling you is, what I'm telling you is, see
0: the forest through the trees. You're right now. You are, are so you, focused on is this, this not is not the, the biggest. biggest game them? It's the Final Four, so it matters more than everything else. That game meant a lot. That game, ask this Coach K. More. Ask Coach K. This does more. it mean a lot this to you that more. you got your face kicked in by your arch rival this in your last home more. game? This means more. I don't know. This means more. I don't know.
1: This is for immediately trying to hang a banner on your wall. I, I'm unbelievably. I had no idea we'd argue this quickly in this podcast. But let's move on and say I'm excited for the game, and I and as much as I roll my eyes the first. Thursday in February and the last Saturday of the season, when these two teams face each other, and no matter the records, you know, it's some kind of epic thing. This is epic. And I'm excited about it. And I'm excited to watch them play the winner of Kansas Villanova after that, who I think will be Kansas, especially with Villanova having the guy go down with the torn Achilles and Kansas has looked good this tournament. They're so quick. They have the size. I think it's going to be a hand, the hands full for either one of Duke or UNC, Mind you, Duke being a two-seat UNC all the way down to an eight-seat UNC playing like what people thought they could be uh, this season. And I, I'm excited. I'm excited for both these games. I don't know the last time I talked about the Final Four at work this much on a Monday before the Final Four. I, I, I don't. I had people I never talked to basketball before talking about the basketball this past weekend, talking about what's coming up. So I think it's it's going to be a monster rating, and it's good for the sport. This is where I used to argue – you know, Dale Jr. needs to win this race to help NASCAR. You know, this is where, um, you know, some of these, these things that everybody knows, these players or teams that everybody knows are actually playing in a big game because it brings extra eyeballs. And this does that. Um, my mom's going to be, you know, wondering what happened in this game and and watching it. And, you know, I think it helps that she doesn't have to look up a school or where it is before the game happens. I think it's beneficial this time. It's nice to have those every once in a while, and it's fine, but that's not what we have. We have all the blue bloods, and so I think it's good, good for the sport this year, and we'll see what we get next year. I mean, the CBS, to Turner, I guess it's on TBS, the finals, the final four. They are absolutely loving that it's these teams because no matter what we say, what's good for the sport, what we think, there is more eyeballs coming in because of the big names here.
0: Yeah. uh, You're not wrong about that. It's going to get a higher rating because it's programs people recognize and it's big names. And, you know, I think at the beginning of the tournament, I wouldn't have been so sure about that happening, but it did. And I, I, you know, you were talking about the blowouts in the elite eight on Sunday. Part of that is because those two teams played some Joker schools, like St. Peter's getting into the elite eight was a bit of a Cinder. It was a Cinderella story. They got in there and they got blown out like an, 15 seed does and Miami that's what I hated Miami played a really good first half but Miami isn't very deep and they got trashed in the second half oh yeah they got run out of the gym
1: that's what upset me though I I mean St. Peter's a nice nice enough story and I know I'm usually the one to say I want to see the big name schools you know it was fine that they were there and it was something that never happened before and um and that's fine but like Someone today said to me, "Well, like I mean, they got run off the court," and I was like, "Well, they were a fifteen C, but yeah, like they're supposed to get acknowledge, run off the court. Yeah, you got to acknowledge the th- first three games. They, yeah, they weren't supposed to win one game, much less three. They did that. That's amazing. It was awesome. well, it wasn't much of a game yesterday. Well, like no, but I mean, it easily could have been a program you recognize that got run off the court yesterday. So just I, I don't know. You you can't you can't just take St. Peter's and judge them on their last game. It was amazing what they did." To get there, as same as when a 16 seed beat a one seed, I wonder what teams were involved then. But that was amazing. You can't just judge UMBC on what happened the next game. You got to judge them for what they did accomplish, and it was something that no one said they could do, and they did it. So, uh, and at the same point, UNC was the team that ran Saint Peter's of the court. UNC is an eight seed. They are completely playing above their ranking, as did Miami you know, everybody had all the doubts about Duke. There's no way they're going to get to a final four. Texas tech is going to be, I said that as did a lot of other people. And here we are, we had three ACC teams in the elite eight, you know, where a week ago I was saying, Hey, you know, it's pretty interesting to have these teams here. You can't ignore three out of eight and say, Oh, it was just coincidental. The ACC was better than everybody said this year. There was some teams beating up on each other and, you know, I mean, there was more than just these three teams. Virginia Tech was playing hot down the stretch. Um, there was other good teams that were playing hot down the stretch. They got knocked, knocked each other out in the ACC tournament. And it was a better conference than people gave it credit for this year. I think Big 12, I thought I bought into the Big 12. I did in basketball this year. The SEC was the one I thought was maybe a little bit full of itself. I, I think I can point to stuff and say that's what the tournament showed. I, I don't know. It is, but I know the ACC was better than what people said, and, and I'm happy for that. I mean, that's the basketball I watch the most, so I'm
0: happy about that. Yeah, and I, I... You're right. The ACC did, and I said it last week. I thought the ACC was... What we learned was the ACC was a little better than we gave it credit for. Um, and I think... I wouldn't dismiss the Big 12. I mean, they had a pretty good run. They have a uh, team no. in the Final Four. They had Texas Tech in the Elite Eight. Um yeah.
1: I'm still not arguing that. I I I, I thought during the season, I was, I was buying into it, and I'm not arguing that now.
0: Yeah, uh, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, because with a team like Miami making that deep run, that was a very experienced, we'll say, roster. So they're probably not going to be back. Virginia Tech is the opposite of that. Virginia Tech needs to build on what they did.
1: Yeah.
0: For Duke, it's going to be a new coach. What happens... With that change, UNC they have a new coach. It's going well. Can they keep that going uh, with Hubert Davis? I, you know, if he can get through the rough start of the season he had this year and get into a Final Four, I don't see why he couldn't keep doing that. It's not like people aren't gonna want to keep going to North Carolina. It was a good program before Hubert Davis got there, and it appears to be a fine program right now into the Final Four. It's I I think. Looking at the two matchups and moving on to that. I don't know what to make of the Duke-UNC matchup because Duke kind of pounded them the first time they played. UNC pounded them the second time they played. And now it's a rubber match that determines who goes to the national championship. It's a rubber match that UNC could beat Coach K and make them the last team to beat coach K and again the added sting of it's your rival North Carolina. They took a national championship opportunity away from you now and all the added stuff, all the added lore that goes into that rivalry and that legendary rivalry.
1: I mean, Duke has a chance to take the stain off that home loss. I mean, it won't be gone. It'll still get talked about, but the stain of that home loss goes away if they if they win here, and probably have to win the national championship to really take the stain off of that. You know, like if they if they if Duke can win a national championship right here, the stain of what happened a couple weeks ago is is far lessened. Still, you exists, say that I, up, but it's less. I was
0: going to say that's going to be bad.
1: It's still there. I mean. It's still there. It's like UVA. Okay, and now I'll just directly say it. UVA losing as the one seed to the 16 seed. We're always going to say that. But the steam of that lessened when UVA came back the next year and won a national championship. Like UVA fans immediately can be like, well, we won a national championship 12 months later. Here, Duke can say, yeah, that terrible thing happened. You did that to us. But three weeks later, four weeks later, we won a national championship. Like the steam will be less. It still gets brought up. We still mention it every time we can on this podcast of our UVA losing there but similarly like the the stain of that gets softened when you when you raise the ultimate banner up there.
0: Yeah, but I think I again, I I think you're not giving enough credit to what what that game was. It was bigger than Duke North Carolina. It was bigger than Coach K's last Duke North Carolina game. It was Coach K's last game period at Cameron Indoor Stadium. It was all those people paying all that money to get in there and watch their hero ride off into the sunset one last time against a rival that they went in their double-digit favorites against. And they got thumped. They got blown off the floor by their but rival. But in the
1: last actual game that he coaches, if he's able to win a national championship, one game beyond beating It UNC. takes a little
0: bit out, but it, I, I think you're giving it way too much credit. That's always going to be there. UNC fans are going to bring that up. Like Virginia Tech fans always bring up UMBC, and it still stings UVA fans. They might want to say it doesn't sting as – they might not want to admit it, but it still stings. The football streak still stings for UVA fans every time Virginia Tech fans bring it up.
1: Yeah. I, I honestly though us losing the one <laughs> that stings like hell to me <laughs> the opposite side of that. That stings like, Oh my goodness. That stings
0: on the opposite side. You got Kansas Villanova and I don't know. I mean, both of these games I could see going either way. And it's because I view Duke UNC as honestly, until Duke made this run to get to the final four, I thought they were one of the most inconsistent teams in this uh, out of these four teams. I thought UNC had played super well, except for a Virginia tech game in the second half of the season. I thought Villanova had played awesome in the big East. I thought Kansas did really well in the big 12 and, but Duke was the team that seemingly dropped games that you were like, ah, this isn't like a Duke team. And then they made the run to the ACC championship and then Virginia tech beat the P out of them too. And you're like, okay, but then they got hot in the tournament, which is all that matters. You're getting hot in, in the tournament and just winning enough games to win a championship. But with Villanova and Kansas, I look at two teams, and I guess it kind of depends on which Kansas team shows up. If it's that Kansas team in the first half against uh, Miami, they might be in trouble because Villanova is going to make them pay. They're not going to be able to do to Villanova what they did to Miami in that second half and just flip a script and blow them out by 20 points. But for Villanova, it's a team that came out of the Big East, and we saw what Kansas did to Providence out of the Big East. And so it's just one of those things where I'm like, I don't know. Like, Providence was a team that did very well in the Big East, same conference Villanova's in, and they kind of handled them. So, and I know this is going to upset your wife because she hates Kansas, but. It kind of does feel like this might be the year Kansas wins it all again, just because it just seems like things are going well for them, and they're they're playing a really solid tournament. Like well, outside of that front, first half against Miami, they haven't played poorly. I
1: mean, in front of her, I was asked yesterday, "Who do I think is going to win it?" As they're pounding on Miami in so the second half, and I said, it's "Kansas." it's Just like I've I've seen more good out of them. I don't. I think Kansas wins. I think that's what happens this weekend. I think whatever we try to make out of or we and everybody else on the earth makes out of the Duke UNC game. I think whatever goals are out there on Monday, it's going to be short because I think Kansas is just playing more consistently good. I think, especially against Villanova with Villanova losing that guy. I, I I know an injury and, you know, I think Michael Wilbon today was saying, he's like, you know, this isn't magic Johnson going down like no offense to the, to the player. It isn't. But I think in mid-tournament it's hard to sustain these injuries. I think if this injury happens before the tournament starts or going into championship week and they have a little bit of time to sort through it and figure out who they are and play in meaningful games without him that you know aren't as hard as playing Villanova or playing Kansas, you know you can figure that kind of stuff out and I, so I think that's going to be tough for them. so I really as much as I, I'm rooting for Villanova. Um, We'll talk about why here in a quick second. Um, I'm rooting for Villanova probably the most out of all these. I guess it's who I dislike the least, which is shocking because I really don't like them either. Um, yeah, I I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. I think Kansas, Kansas looks like the best team to me. And all that emotion that Duke and UNC is going to throw out on Saturday night, I think it might be hard to come back behind that, but we'll see. I mean, you doubt these historic coaches and – you know, everybody at UNC, everybody but UNC has a historic coach, and UNC might be sitting on one. He, he played for historic coaches, um, and this is just early. But these other three guys, they get the job done. I mean, they've won multiple national championships. They get the job done. They get doubted in the past. They make it happen. Um, you know, but on the front side of Villanova winning any of these championships, everybody was doubting Villanova and what Jay Wright could do. Jay Wright's never going to get it done there. He, he's got it done twice. Um, Bill Self, I mean, he, he'll cheat to win. It doesn't matter he gets it done. So we'll see, you know, I, I can say these doubts, I can say if, if Duke <laughs> unleashes all this energy on Saturday and they are fortunate enough to win, they, they might be flat. No, you know, Coach K will get them ready. So it's just hard to predict all that at this moment. But if I had to bet and I don't have to, I would bet Kansas winning it all right now.
0: It does kind of feel like the team that's going to now, that being said, Earlier in the year, I had a future on Duke, so I can tell you Duke's not going to win. I haven't hit a single future (laughs) in my life.
1: Well, I will tell you that I finally had a positive uh, financial investment uh, night on Friday. Uh, Dan, the man, also had a a, a good night, a a very similarly good night Mm -hmm. that night. So uh, Saturday afternoon, I was basking in that, and then I didn't bet the rest of the weekend because I I thought I used it up. And plus I just didn't see any odds that really I thought were good enough to bet. So.
0: Yeah. Um, I guess you and I should mention the Kansas Providence game um, because you and I both had similar, similar needs in that game. And we have Reggie Miller, you know, being the voice of reason, like, Oh, Providence needs threes to get back in this game. And I'm like, no, actually they need twos to cover. And before I could text it, you text text me, keep making twos. And I was like, yes. (laughs) I'm shouting that at my TV. When that kid glides in for a lay and when they desperately need a three, but he glides in for a lay and I'm like, that's smart. Yes. Good teams win, great teams cover. (laughs) I'm screaming at Reggie.
1: He is saying no lies. He's saying absolute to win a basketball game. He is saying the truth. And I'm screaming at him how wrong he is. And there had to be so many people in America that were doing the same. So yeah, that was fun. Uh, it worked out because it went it my did. way. If it, it did. If it didn't go my way, I would never speak of it again. And I probably wouldn't. I still wouldn't have bet all weekend. Well, and, bad about
0: it. <laughs> you know, investments investments being known, it is time to announce some states that are no longer part of the United States anymore because of it's that time of year, just like it's the final four. Um, if you or someone you know is from Kentucky, I'm sorry. I no longer recognize you as part of the United States. I hope you have passports. Um,
1: Landlocked there, too. That's tough.
0: Yeah. Tennessee. Goodbye. Arizona.
1: No, good Tennessee. Are, they, are they together, not part of the United States? Or correct. A- no,
0: I think they're independent states, probably. Uh, okay. well, I don't know how cool. they work it out. I don't, it's up to them. Um, Arizona. Goodbye. No longer part of the United States. Um, that one really hurt. The Arizona one, I think, made me angrier than anything else. Um, I got to be honest. Seattle. I'm sorry. I I know just technically Gonzaga. Seattle,
1: are we going to the state of Washington?
0: No, it's just the city of Seattle. Even though I know that technically it's Spokane, Seattle's close enough that it's also going to be roped in. So I guess Spokane and Seattle. I'm just going to tie them both together. Gone. And then you know what? the state of Texas.
1: Well, they're on the verge of that. They want that.
0: Well, now they're going to get what they wish. They're gone. And Boston's already there with them. Texas Tech, even though I knew they were going to lose, and I bet accordingly, I was mad that they didn't prove me wrong. And I was mad that the Texas Longhorns got their face kicked in after beating Virginia Tech.
1: Well, Boston is the capital of all this, right? Because you you consistently bring them back up and getting them out of the nation. Boston's
0: back. Boston's back. Boston's back. Boston is back. You can thank the Uh, Bruins. Um, They have done very well for the city of Boston. They're back.
1: Welcome back to the country. Good job. Hey, earned their way back in. Uh, In the yak bracket,
0: we have
1: um, narrowed down the people that are going to be involved in the winning. Uh, If Kansas does well this weekend, that's good for Ryan and uh, Chris Lasseter. If Villanova has a good weekend, will cash uh, last year's winner and uh, Daphne Hansen are going to be good. And that's why I'm rooting for Villanova. Cause of yeah, Daphne, I don't think there's
0: name. a way for her to win. But I was looking at it. There's no there's way for, no her, way to for win. her
1: to win. There yeah. is not, but it's good for her. And this is the first time she's ever filled out a bracket before. And uh, you know, I kind of roll my eyes when I hear, okay, she's going to, she's going to pick the bracket or something. I, you know, I just don't know how much effort she's going to be because I, and she, she, Well,
0: effort or no effort, she did better than you and I did.
1: It was a legitimate bracket. She didn't have. She did
0: better than both of us. So whatever she did, do that again next year.
1: But credit (laughs) to her. I I mean, I said it the afternoon. I heard she filled. You know, she had filled out a bracket. I looked at it and immediately it was Thursday afternoon, the first day of the tournament. I was like, "That's a legitimate bracket." So I I was hoping well for her. I was hoping I would beat her, but no, I I didn't. But so I'm, I'm hoping uh, she can finish. There's a way for her to finish second. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I'm rooting for that. Duke playing well, Mike G and uh, Leighton Poland will do well. And then Greg Medea, he's in there in the middle of a lot of the different scenarios. So those names are likely uh, the ones we're going to be saying next week um, who finish in the top three. And the winner is going to be invited on the podcast. And uh, that'll be fun. The Can we also thing,
0: say if you are Mike G, no disrespect, yeah. but we would like we're to know it. who you are.
1: We're just not placing you, man.
0: Yeah. I, and, I, and I did this
1: last week. I said the same kind of thing early in the podcast. And then in the, right as we were going off air, I re, you know two different people, I realized who we were talking about. I don't have that. I, I just have
0: been... Mike G is not coming team. to us. We love yeah, you. We're glad you're listening. We're glad you're in the group. Just tell us who you are. Just tell yeah. us who you are so we can be embarrassed and feel terrible about not knowing who you are. Especially if Duke wins. Now... I just want you to know if that happens, I'm going to be very upset, but (laughs) if that happens, Golden State has to win the NBA finals as well. So you get the future.
1: Uh, We have updated and I'll put this out on the, below the tweet of this episode, um, a collection of pre of current and previous logos for these teams involved in the final four. So we went over all these last week with one that was provided by somebody else. Now I'm just putting out a collection And um, so looking at Villanova and Kansas, you know, you were really on that, you know, mid nineties Villanova Mm -hmm. logo. It's not bad. I like the little alternate uh, like pulse uh, scratch, like claw scratch that they had there. Like I like little details like that. I don't want that, the main logo by any means, but it's like a cool little feature you can have at the corner of the court or something like that. Um, But just seeing where they came from with that, with that, Wildcats stepping through the V I mean they just really had to up their game and they're back to basics now so Villanova's I don't think bringing their a game with with these collection of logos over the years but I'll tell you what it's better than Kansas
0: yeah if we're going strictly logos Villanova's gonna win Um, unless it's the modern logos because I actually like the Kansas little Jayhawk guy the today version better than just the V. I'm, I'm
1: just going for the collection overall feel. I the overall
0: collection, the mid '90s Villanova Wildcat scratching with Villanova Wildcats on it, wins it by itself. Like that wins the entire thing. Um,
1: that, I mean, but the, what helps though too is that that current V is solid. It's nice and clean. It's fine. And it's, not it's not. blowing basic. me away. Like it has a little bit of. I don't even style think it's my favorite. It
0: it. Get rid of Kansas. It's still not my favorite. It's not number two.
1: I, I just say these old Kansas logos are sad. I mean, the, fir- the oldest yes. one I could find all the way to the right there. The, I mean, the bird has its head down. It's like he just lost a basketball game.
0: Well, it's because and he then, knows the artist who drew me is not very good. And Finally, then- he
1: gets his head up and starts moving, but he's going backwards. I never like that. And then, and then we get to the long-legged, you know, gams of a mascot that's terrible that we tore apart last week. So Kansas, I just overall, just sad. It, just, it doesn't make me happy.
0: The today one I don't mind all that much. It's fine.
1: I guess I, I, the other side is I just don't like Kansas. I it's rubbed off for my wife. It just they. That's so, fine. I don't
0: have this strong hatred of Kansas. So like I don't love Kansas, but there have been times I've rooted for Kansas.
1: No, I, I can't. I can't think of a time I ever have.
0: All right. It, so maybe on Monday.
1: It's possible on Monday. <laughs> I can't do it out loud though.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah blink right, twice so if you're <laughs> in danger
1: duke unc i you know what i found these two different duke ones down there that that aren't bad like you have this black and white little duke guy that it's not the hellfire
0: terrible. i love the hellfire adds the time
1: goes but yeah the, the one where it's just fire around them like that stood out and i was like man duke's braining it so I, i'll give them credit there that's a good little collection down there the problem is, man, UNC, that dude that we liked last week, the little tough guy, he's doing well. When you get the close-up on his face, it's you, you get that same feeling, even without his little fists and his his his, his, strut, his strut, pace. Look yeah. at his pace coming at you. It's still good. But then the old-school, mean little ram, I'm still digging that, a- a- respecting the time it's in. I still respect that, too. So I'm still going UNC here. I'm still going UNC.
0: That's an ugly ram on the far right in my face. It looks like somebody smacked him in the face with a bat. Um I'm pissed about it. <laughs> well, yeah, because it looks like it broke a ram nose or something. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the one all the way on the right. The other two, yes. The footprint, I could do without. Um, today's logo is fine. I like today's logo. I think today's logo on Duke is fine. There's even one with the blue devil inside the D, which I think is also a pretty cool logo for Duke. Um, I would say I really do dig. It's hard to tell. Like if it wasn't paired with these other ones, I would be like, who, what is that a logo of? Because I couldn't exactly like pinpoint Duke out of the one that's like surrounded by hellfire. But Honestly, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I'm a, I am ai do like it. Um, and overall, though, yes, I, I would say we're picking UNC. And then again, for me, it's... Oh, man, if it's that mid-'90s Villanova logo, I'm taking it. I just... It's such a cool logo.
1: I guess because I brought these collections to the table, I, I'm just still buying that line of UNC. Like, I'll take... That Villanova V with the Wildcat walking through it is so poor. I mean, that's that's better than logo. the one
0: on the far right for UNC.
1: No, I disagree. And that's where we see different. So you that's have okay. Villanova and old school logos in collection, and I have
0: UNC. I just We need to do this more often with other schools. Maybe <laughs> we need to do this with an ACC. Just get all the versions of ACC logos. We'll tell you which one's the best. Of each school, and then we'll move on. Spoiler alert: UVA, uh, you're one with the Cav guy. I like it. I like that logo. I think they should go back to it. Too fancy. The one they have now is the
1: haircut. Needs a haircut. Less less hat.
0: Too much hat.
1: The hat's gonna get in your way when you start wielding that sword. You're gonna get off balance. You're gonna fall off the horse. I think we've seen that.
0: Mm. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> no, <laughs> but just, yeah, we, we'll do that. Well, I think that needs to be our next thing. Summer's we look coming. At, <laughs> we look at logos. Um, Maybe Power 5. Some, Maybe we stick to the Power 5, so I don't have a conflict of interest. But I okay. was
1: looking at softball, and Tech is just continues on that tear. They've won 14 in a row. They swept uh, UNC and Pitt since the last time we talked about softball uh Pitt was his most previous weekend. i think that one of those games got canceled this weekend uh but they got ucf coming up and florida state next week so two florida schools um so i be it'll be interesting to see if they can keep that streak alive fsu's not bringing the power um so virginia tech will be favored so uh, i'm i'm excited about what they're doing i'm also happy jmu is on a winning track hey they're getting into caa play so now it gets easier for them so they swept uh uh, Towson this weekend, and they have George saying, Mason during the week. But then on the weekend, they got another conference opponent at UNC uh, W. And I mean, their season's easier here out. I mean, that's why they'll have a winning record. They're twelve and thirteen. They'll finish with what sixteen losses. And
0: well, didn't they put up like thirty three runs on somebody this weekend? Was that Towson?
1: Yeah. So bless them. I. Yeah. It's a it's a growing year. They'll really benefit from being in the Sun Belt, and uh and the program will just continue getting better. So. Um, any other stuff before we do our spring sports preview? I don't think so. Let's just jump into it. Spring sports have been here, so it's time to finally break them down. The, the bracket got in our way. I was looking at the calendar from last year and everything was so messed up with football being in there. We didn't do our spring preview until uh, coming up on May last year, and football was still hot then too. So we got back onto a normal schedule, but the tournament got in our way. But it's kind of let some of these teams play some non-district opponents, and we're going to get a little bit of a feel of what we're expecting this year, a couple common opponents, um, but it will be that first week, I think April 5th, before we start seeing our conference matchups. That's what we're looking forward to. So still a good time to preview. But looking at softball first, you have to remember last year, Fort Defiance had that great season. They were 10-1 in the district, kind of won that district going away, Um, and uh, they made it to the 3C final. Normally, you make it to that game, you're going to move on to the state playoffs, but last year, they had the condensed playoffs, so they were unable to advance past that. But they took their great regular season, got it all the way to that limit, and then you know, they got no hit in the, in the 3C final by an incredible pitcher who's now at UVA uh, at, from coming from Rustburg. So Fort Defiance, obviously one of those teams we're going to look at at being real strong this year. They've started out 3-0 and uh, prior to today's matchups uh, in the non-district, beating uh, – uh, they beat Page a couple times. They beat TA. Page always has strong softball. So a good start for Fort Defiance. But Buffalo Gap, that's the team that finished second last year. Um, this year they do have a new coach with Holly Desper coaching them and they went eight and three in the regular season in the district last year and uh, made it all the way to the state semifinals before losing in class two there when they lost to Randolph Henry and and they're looking to pick up on that momentum too. So I when I coming out of the gate this year for Defiance Buffalo Gap those are the two teams I really want to see what they can do this year to build off that state success last year or deep success state for Buffalo gap, uh, right up to the point of state, uh, for Fort defiance.
0: Yes. With Lillian Berry and Kirsten ransom, both who were great basketball players now getting into softball, it's going to be an impressive season for Fort defiance, probably again. But as you said, I think, yeah. I, I think when you look at the rest of the district, it's going to be kind of a race for second place, I think, because I just do kind of get the sense that Fort defiance is going to maybe have that nice advantage, you know, drafts off to a hot start, but we'll see once they start getting into the conference or the district, excuse me, uh, college sports are on my mind now. Um, but once they start getting into the district record and, and see how all that goes.
1: Yeah. I, I just, I mean, you have that talent level, that D one talent like you have in yeah. Lillian Barry and, and Christian Ranson, and it's and hard to know one with way. their, yeah, it, it's just, they, everybody on the field knows who those players are when you walk out there and and it's, it's an advantage. You're in everybody's head already, um and then they've already produced. You, you, you don't have to be afraid of them producing. They're going to
0: produce. I will say this though: with Stewart's draft being as young as they are, to get yeah. off to this hot start, that does Good. nothing but build confidence. And confidence like that, and once younger players feel success, then they can like, oh yeah, we can do this. That really helps build a program. And it, no matter how this year ends up for Stewart's draft, I think the the hot start here for a young team is only going to be uh, a better thing as the years progress. So even if Seward draft doesn't beat Fort Defiance this year in, yeah. in terms of Shenandoah district, I think this is a favorite for the following year. And, you know, we'll see about yeah. the coming years after that, but I, I would put them as one of the teams that has a very bright future in this district.
1: When Robbie Tillman can get those girls beaten, you know, Valley district teams mm-hmm. and, and central up there, that's, that's, generally producing good athleticism, um, I, I, that makes me feel even better about it. You know, it's not pioneer district teams that they're beating up on. They're going up and facing, you know, class three teams. And, and so that's a good outlook for Schwartz draft. So I agree with you. Fort Defiance, the number one, and then kind of that race for second. I'm looking at Gap and seeing what they can do. And no one also, if they, they're going to get battle tested. We've seen Gap already do that in, in both their guys and girls basketball this year. Get battle tested and then do well in those Class One playoffs. Let's see if they're able to do that. All right, down to baseball. Uh, last year, we had Riverheads make it to the state semifinals, where they tend to seem to get every year in, in Class One. They're they're always seem to be playing down at Radford, and uh, they made it to the state semis last year. Uh, Wilson was uh, about the only other team I think to make it out of bat of uh, in baseball because they played for defiance in that playoff last year to see which one would get in the 3C playoffs. And then Wilson went out quickly then. But Wilson last year was that team that was, okay, they have all this young pitching. They have these guys. They're young. You know, they're probably a year away from being good. Well, there they were, one of the best teams in the district. They had the top three teams finish sixth and four. a little bit of everybody beating up on each other in the Shenandoah district. I think they come in as my favorite because they've won – that big game last year, they showed they could do that against a district foe in Fort Defiance, who's who's generally always strong. Damian Pink always has them playing well there. But I I know Rodney Cullen will have, be building off what they did last year. They got a lot of that talent back. Um, you know, uh, Jake Wingfield, uh, Aiden Bregorski, all those mm-hmm. guys, a lot of district players from last year. So I look at Wilson as my favorite. Wilson, we gave Rodney Cullen the, the yak coach of the year since so the district couldn't figure it out for themselves, and they split it three ways. We gave That's them the to right. the we, did that. Year. we had to give them some award on his own. Um, so I'm I'm sticking with Wilson here. Um, also because I I came through Riverheads at a time where Wilson was a very dominant program. It's it's in my head, but I think they've earned it here. They they are a good program. They continue to be. But I'm not I'm not giving up on Fort Defiance at all. They they are loaded with talent uh, down there. Uh, that Sam Pendle really going to lead them this year as a senior. Um, they have a lot of other talent there that uh, names I, I'm, I'm just blanking on at the moment, but a lot of good players there at Fort Defiance. So I, I'm still looking at that Wilson Fort as um, maybe district favorites with, with Riverheads poking where they can. But I still kind of see Riverheads having a real solid year and, and probably getting back to the state tournament just because they they know what it takes to get to the class one state tournament. They, they seem to do it every year.
0: Yeah, I was kind of surprised to hear you not throw Riverheads in that conversation just because of the senior leadership they're, they're going to have this year. Um, they're loaded. They're loaded. Yeah, I think Riverheads might have a might have something to say about it. I actually think Riverheads might be a team that finishes second or first, potentially, depending on how sure. the season goes when they have their matchups with Wilson and Fort. Um, sure. I will say this, though. Uh, mentioning another team with Buffalo Gap and what they did to Bath County uh, just tonight, uh, they played a doubleheader today, and the uh, first game was thirty to one. And credit to the Bath County kids because they did stay for a second game. If I lost a game thirty to one, I would have just been like, "No, we're good," um, and I would have got back on the bus and just not played Let's the second game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you win fifteen to a half. Okay, that's fine. And uh, but they Buffalo Gap won thirteen to two in the second game. That's a team that puts up tons of runs right now, and
1: they have all season.
0: Yeah, it's just they are a really – they're going to be really, really hard on opposing pitching. So I am curious to see how long they can ride that hot bat and just how many games they can win and if they can be a team that hangs up there and maybe doesn't win the district but plays spoiler for somebody and decides the district on maybe in that uh, two in your opinion but three in mine of the three-headed monster with Riverheads Wilson and Fort.
1: And Josh Wanger, the new head coach there, uh, he's a guy I played against. He's uh, my, my age. We went to middle school together. Uh, he played there. He's a tough player to play against uh, when he played for Buffalo Gap. So it'll be interesting to see um, him keeping them up. Uh, you know, there's always a Bowers kid on Buffalo Gap recently. This one, Cameron, he's a senior. Jackson Ingram, he's a young player with a lot of talent. Uh, they have a lot of. Um, I was looking at the district or the, uh, the regional recruiting for baseball. I, it was a new Twitter follow I had. Uh, I'll probably retweet something on the Sports here soon. So other people can follow that. Um, but Buffalo gap has a lot of talent out there. So I'm interested to see the other team to watch out for search draft. That's the other team out of the, that finished in the, of the three teams that finished up top last year at six and four. And they've been a good program over these last years. They have new coach, uh, Chris Hinkle, uh, Josh McGursey, not coaching them this year. They have a lot of guys back that were all district players last year, like Simeon Balzer, Dawson Jones, Colton Harris, Nathan Wayans, a lot of, quality guys there, they're going to really produce for sure draft. That's what surprises me. They're starting out one and four. Now those losses come into central Woodstock um, and Broadway. Uh, they did uh, knock off Rockbridge in one of them. So it surprises me their start, but maybe they're getting a little battle, battle tested here, but it kind of reinforces the fact that I, I was kind of trying to set up the conversation here is we've just went through four teams that I think any one of them, maybe five teams that any one of them, could win this district and not be an absolute shocker and i i was slow playing riverheads um wilson would not shock you fort defiance would not shock you and i don't think i don't think seward would shock me at all knowing those three teams finished first last year riverheads didn't and then how loaded riverheads is i really think any one of those teams would not shock you this is a loaded baseball district and we're used to seeing that out of Shenandoah. Now, in the old form, it was Page County was one of the teams in the Shenandoah that was really produced a lot of wins. But in this new version of the Shenandoah district, you add in teams like Fort Defiance, it's just, it just keeps it absolutely loaded in baseball. And I'm really excited about the baseball season to come here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. I, I will say I will be surprised. I, I don't think it's going to be a four- or five-team race. Like I said, I think Buffalo Gap is going to play the role of spoiler. Maybe Stuart Draft does, too. That role of, uh, if you're looking for a comparison, you know, just like the Orioles were last year. The reason the Yankees didn't win the AL East and the Rays did is because the Orioles won the season series against the Yankees and got stomped by the Rays. So the Orioles, even though they stunk, factored in how the AL East played out. I think. Buffalo I'm gap and Stuart Stratton I'm hoping
1: Stanton and George Loss can do a little bit of spoiling too. Last year they started out terrible. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they had their life at the end of the season. They won three of four right down the stretch where they beat Fort Defiance and Riverheads and Wilson all down the stretch. And then um they had a tough game against Stewart's draft right down the stretch. So George got them woke up at some point in that shortened season last year. I'm hoping he can build off that. They haven't started that way here, but I hope in district play. Instead of waiting until the very last two weeks of the season, he can have it going earlier. And plus, we we like George. We're rooting for him.
0: Yeah. Now, yeah, well, you know, I, I root. You know, when these teams are playing each other, I have no favorites and just hope for good games. But generally um,
1: we root for George.
0: <laughs> in general, yeah. Yes, we like Coach. Head to head,
1: we might not be deep in it, but we want George right. to succeed.
0: <laughs> yes. Um. Now let's get to the pitch and talk some soccer. Um, with soccer, it's looking on the girl's side, like, a you know, again, familiar favorites. You're looking probably Wilson and Ford. Um, and I I think the interesting thing with Wilson and Ford is going to be when they meet up, who wins those right now, Ford is off to a hot start. They beat TA and central, uh, and Wilson they ended up with a tie against Monticello. They also beat T.A. So I just think when those two teams face off, it's going to be really, really interesting. And the other team that is off to a really great start here at the beginning of the year is Waynesboro. That's a team yeah, but, that we haven't talked about a lot in, in a lot of sports just because for whatever reason, Waynesboro hasn't been able to put it together in a lot of these sports. Um, but right now in girls soccer, they are a team that is starting to get into the conversation and I want to see it. I I know they just lost to Clark, but when they get Wilson and Fort, can they split? That's I think that's a a realistic goal for them if they want to be one of the three teams when we're looking at the end of the standings that has a shot at the top.
1: Yeah, I you know Wilson Kyle Conkleton he was the coach of the year last year. I I can see them really playing well during mm-hmm. this season. I think they grew up a lot last year. They kind of have the most, well, maybe not the most, but a lot of returning talent uh, back on that team. Carly Piler, uh, the Revis girl, Amber Kaysen, just, you know, really good in the middle of the field there and can get a good attack. But Fort Define's going to be strong too. And um, they got the player of the year, Ellie Cook back, and she's still just a junior. So they have a lot to build on there. shields and um, all in their, and their, uh, they got to replace the keeper, though, at Fort Defiance. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out. I agree with you. I think those are the two top teams. I think Riverheads rode a a shortened, um, consolidated postseason, and they wound up in a state semi last year. Um, And I think they can build off that success, but I don't think they're going to be strong enough to jump up to this level of what Wilson and Fort are doing um, also I am I'm, I'm looking for what Windsor Vaughn can do at Stanton. She's been there a couple of years now. Um, and so I'm, I'm anxious to see what she's able to do with that team. Now that things are kind of kind of getting settled, it's not a pandemic now. Um, and she can coach full out. Um, you know, I think she lost, I guess she lost her spring season. The first year, they had her, uh, last year for the shortened season. I, I, absolutely like Windsor. I think so much of her and what she's able to do with the YMCA and the little kickers that she coached my kids in. And I know she's always still helping around, even though she's taken on this role at Stanton High School. So uh, this is another one, you know, specific games. I'm not rooting for Stanton over the other locals. We'll just see what happens. But in general, I'm hoping she has a nice positive season, a little bit of a rough start, um, but she's played some tough teams. I'll I'll credit Stanton in all these sports that we've just listed off and, and continue to. They've played Valley District, tough teams, and um, Spotswood is always good in spring sports, and they seems like they played them in everything. So I'm I'm anxious to see what Stanton can do during the regular season here.
0: Well, what do you think of Waynesboro then? Because Waynesboro played Spotswood and they beat them twice. Yeah, I think
1: it's a good outlook for Waynesboro. I think it's a very good outlook for Waynesboro. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's all I have. That I mean, you have to think positive. You, you played similar opponents there, um, but I still think I wouldn't put Waynesboro in the mix of Fort Wilson quite yet. I would say they're that next that next one up of see what they can do and and as much as you're interested in that Fort Wilson matchup, it, it will be interesting to see once Wilson gets in there and, and battles one of them, seeing some of these common opponents.
0: Yeah, on the boys' side, Wilson, Stanton, not really going to be surprising to see to say those are the two favorites again. Just because I'm, I'm always going to throw Stanton in there until I see him not not be at the top of the standings. I, I know last year they were second. Um, but it was because Wilson ended up beating them for the first time in a long time. Was a
1: tie. They tied them and then beat them, yeah. Yeah, Wilson it was the first time really in a long time we had
0: talked about Wilson topping Stanton. So I still think they're going to be in the mix. It does kind of feel like it's going to be another year where maybe Wilson wins this district. Uh, so we'll we'll see how that plays out. Again, they also tied Monticello and beat TA just like the girls uh and then for Stanton right now I mean to beat Rockbridge twice and then lose in tie spots would that's gonna be a problem when you get to a region um but as you have touched on numerous times during this preview the Valley District when it comes to spring sports is really good and so in terms of district talk I still would say Stanton right now is right there with Wilson. If I had to give one team an edge in my prediction, I'd say probably it's going to be another year where the green Hornets win in soccer.
1: Yeah. I, I we've watched so much Stanton soccer. Um, I think Holmes can get it done. Mm-hmm. A lot of these names are familiar names that they're not, you know, younger brothers or even some of the young guys from uh, when uh, Kyle Stenzel was uh, still there. Um, but uh, they have a lot of talent coming back from all district play last year. I think Stanton kind of has the most talent coming back, uh, including Walker Darby at the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see what, what they're able to do. The, the Oaten kid, the McCarthy kid. Um, so I, I want to see what Stanton can do. Um, and just to be contrary, I'll say I'm rooting for them, even though Wilson, they practice, I, I walk out my door at work and they're, they're out there practicing hard. Um, and they get them playing uh, coach Scott Harrison has them out there. And uh I, you know, I can't stand there and watch a soccer practice for five minutes and tell you anything, but it produced good results last year. So, uh, I've I've kept my eye on them when I'm looking out there. I, I just wish this district it's on the, on the boy side specifically. It's so top heavy. I mean, last year, absolutely. Wilson and Stanton, not just seven Oh and one for Wilson in the district and Stanton six, one and one in the district. And the next team was five and five and four. And then you had draft and Riverhead's way behind. It's that they're actually pounding on it in the individual games, not just the wins and losses. It's the the deficit. I I wish it would get a little more even. This is the opposite of what we were talking about for baseball. Baseball, you know, anybody can beat anybody on any given night, it feels like, in baseball, and especially um, seeing what Stanton did at the end of the season last year in baseball. Here in soccer, it's just, when it's not Wilson or Stanton playing each other, it just seems like you know those two teams are going to dominate everyone else, and you might – it might be 10 goals on the board. So I wish these other teams could uh, get their soccer programs up a little bit more. Riverheads is not that far removed from being a really good soccer program, winning a state championship there year after year. Uh, Scott Harrison was over there then. Um, and then for defiance, they've had history of a really good soccer program. So I, I'd like to see particularly those two programs able to kind of get back in the mix and, and this year make a stride towards that. I mean, you know, maybe they don't knock off the top two seeds this year, but, I'd just like to see things get a little bit tighter, um, see some games that are, you know, three to two instead of seeing, you know, seven, nothing. So.
0: Yeah, I, I wouldn't count on that this year. But yeah, I, I, I would but I want to see
1: it. The track, I don't have a much outlook for this year, but I, I, last year at some point I said, well, we're not going to see anybody win state championship and track. It might've been the week before the state championships. And that's when Stuart Straff went and did it. The Stuart Straff boys coming off a state champion track year, they had a lot of talent on that team, uh, multi-sport talent in particular. Um, so I want to see if they're able to kind of follow up behind that. But I think the team to watch, in my mind, is the Riverheads girls. They were second in the state in Class 1 last year, and they bring back nearly everybody that was scoring high for them last year. Uh, Summer Wallace, one of those big runners for them. so And she does it all. She, she does more than just run. I, I, she's jumping and stuff, too. So I'm interested to see what those Riverheads girls could do um, because they bring back like everybody that placed high for them last year. And as much as I want to say, Stewart's draft, Hey, can those, can those boys return? I I don't think any of those guys that, uh, you know, I'm reading off names like Aaron nice, uh, Jaden Watkins, Latrell, Fonby, Joel Howard, they're all gone. So, uh, you know, I, it's, it's hard to think Stewart's draft to be able to repeat that at the class two level, but we will see, but you know, Fort Defiance they're long distance. They're so good in cross-country and they're coming off a really good cross-country fall. What can they do? Um, and and same for Waynesboro. Waynesboro with their long distance running and and they're generally good at track. So uh those are the kind of things to watch out and track. I don't have a lot of detail looking ahead, but you'll start we'll start getting some meets and seeing some times and seeing where that stacks up.
0: Yeah. Um good luck to our track athletes. It's something that I just I will do my best to stay as involved and knowledgeable about the spring stuff, but I will be honest with our listeners right now. Baseball is going to, FVC is going to have me very busy. So I will be trying to catch what I can and for better or worse track is not something that is covered very well. um, And it's harder to find those results. It's easier to find the team stuff.
1: Yep. It is. But uh, hopefully we can, we can plug the holes where we can. um, And I'll, I'll be watching. I'm not going to Richmond three days a week, so (laughs) I'll be uh, like this preview. I'll have some answers right in front of your face for you and and then we'll go. Um, But you'll know the general storylines and and you read articles just like I do, so uh, it'll be good the whole season. But So a reminder to our listeners that are tuned in this week, um, we will be following these spring sports. These last couple weeks we've been focused on NCAA. Uh, The Hokies inspired it, and then it's got going into the tournament, Uh, but we're back to High school focused coverage here into the spring here and uh, it'll be fun make sure your friends and family are listening that would also be interested in the conversations but joe let's jump over to the d block d block time joe where we venture away from sports a little bit but let's just lead it off with some sports uh what is dominating your life
0: The U.S. men's national team. Uh, Jeff talked about this, too, because there's other World Cup qualifiers going on, including Italy, for the second straight time not qualifying for the World Cup, which is bonkers. It was bonkers the first time Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup. In between that World Cup and this World Cup, they win the European championship, and then they go ahead and don't qualify again by losing to North Macedonia in a playoff. 1-0, which was bananas. I mean, the goal being scored, it was right at the death. Guy from North Macedonia wins a 50-50 ball, chests it into play, gets past the defenders, and then slots it from way out. Slots it past the keeper into the bottom corner, and that's how North Macedonia advances to the World Cup, and Italy is left wondering how the heck this has happened again where they don't make the World Cup. uh, So that coach is gone. Yeah, he's fired. Yeah, he's toast. Is he living? I would say best thing probably would be for him to leave the country. Um, But the United States, they had a nil-nil draw with Mexico, which was insanely disappointing because we had opportunity after opportunity. It felt like in front of goal to score, and we just found ways not to. I mean, Pulisic um, had one that just went right off the goalie um, from point blank range, which was frustrating. There was another player whose name is escaping me, but it was a beautiful backwards pass to him, open goal. And he, I mean, you could have put a goal beside the goal and it wouldn't have gone in. I mean, he just shanked it. And uh, it was infuriating to not win that match because that would have been so huge to punching our ticket. But we we get the draw. Then we play Panama three days later. We win that one 4-0. Uh, Pulisic gets a hat trick in that one, which is great. And now they play Costa Rica, where as long as they don't lose by six goals, they are good. Um, And even if they lose by six goals, if Mexico loses, they're good. So
1: So we're qualified, but not
0: we are not officially qualified. No, oh, the U S men's national team. That's what's you funny. A big flag
1: and yes,
0: they did. They have not technically qualified. There is oh, a way goodness. they don't qualify.
1: Are we on a which, ship?
0: When I saw that, victory? when I Are saw that, I just right sent now? it. I just sent it to my group of friends. It was like, Oh, you better not lose six nil. And it would be really hard because this is probably Christian Pulisic is the best soccer American soccer player when it's all said and done, he's going to go down as that. He's going to be the best American soccer player on the men's side, uh, in the history of soccer. Uh, and then I, I think this team has potential to go down as the best men's team, uh, in us soccer history. So it's really important that they qualify, get one of these top three spots just to automatically qualify. Don't have to worry about a playoff or anything. And then you're in, uh, to the world cup. And then again, uh, the next one you don't have to worry about because you're, you're one of the host countries, so you're automatically in. But Canada so, is going to be the top of the group in CONCACAF, and they are going to their second World Cup ever.
1: The Canadian women are real good, so that I, I didn't realize the men hadn't been around as much.
0: Correct. Wow. So this is
1: the World Cup that's in, uh, um, in, Qatar, in Qatar, and that's not, they're not playing until like next November, right?
0: Uh, correct.
1: So when do they set the, like, is it like a month before or something when they set the groups, or when when does that get uh,
0: set? You know what? I don't know. Um, probably. that's always real interesting about everybody thinks they have the hardest group and all yeah. that. Well, okay. Yes, you're right. There are a lot of people saying we're in the hardest group, but there's really only one, sometimes two groups of death. But the way FIFA has started to do the new pools and the, the way they draw it it's harder to get groups of death now, uh, but it's not impossible.
1: I mean, it's just like NCAA bracketing. I mean, it's, it it's, does feel it's,
0: like we get in a group yeah. of death almost every time. Um,
1: yeah, it feels like we do. But then every other it seems like everybody complains the same. So I'm just I'm just interested to see when that comes. And I'm interested when that gets picked. But I know we still got a while for that.
0: I, really, I, I just it, don't want to see somebody like England or Spain or France. Like as long as the U S doesn't get those three out of Europe, I think you can be okay.
1: Thank goodness. We are on the, on the cusp of qualifying. I I was going to say, thank goodness we qualified because in November for this tournament to happen, this coming November up against football, up against college football, everything that it's going to be up against. that it's not used to being up against. Usually it's in June, July and you know, NBA finals, you know, a couple of different days, but you can generally work around that. You know, you can, You can watch what you want. This is going to be up against the hottest spot of the sports calendar. Thank goodness USA qualified, because if it didn't, it would be a very quiet time for the World Cup in the U.S. when you get guys like me that aren't focused on soccer, and I really show up for the World Cup, self-admittedly. You know, I do care about this this soccer talk, unlike the rest of the soccer talk you bring week after week. Um, Up against all that other stuff, if USA wasn't in it, I'd – I just don't know how much I'd be there. It'd be it would be at the back of my mind. And at best and when USA plays in a World Cup game, it is a major thing for me. So I maybe there might be a football game that I would still have on before it. Um but USA playing is I mean I've thrown house parties for it. So uh I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's what I like about the World Cup is is the just like we just had with the bracket, like with the tournament. I like it when everybody's watching, everybody's in on it. And, and I know it's not a hundred percent by any means, but like today at work, when I'm having conversations with people, I've never talked about basketball before we're talking basketball. That's what I like about the world cup that that's what brings the other people in. I'm, I'm worried that it's during football season, but I'm happy USA looks to be qualifying. Cause that, that gives it hope.
0: I think, I think you're right in the sense, the ratings will definitely be better in the U S if the U S is in, in it. in the U
1: S. Yeah, yes. In England and stuff, the ratings are going to be massive every time. Like, I, I, it, it, it
0: I, I also those, think it's country. not going to be as low as you necessarily think. I think you're going to be surprised how well it does. Because, one, there are a lot more international people in the United States than four years ago. There are, the, soccer is gaining popularity in the United States. There are people that watch the English Premier League, which has very few Americans in it on a pretty consistent basis. And so I think they're going to be jazzed up for the world cup, whenever it is. And kind of like you like to say with, you know, why they shouldn't expand the college football playoff, because then it doesn't make the regular season matter. NFL regular season, grand scheme of things doesn't matter. So I I think the fact that it's going to be during the regular season will probably result in people watching it anyway. Now, the problem is going to be when it gets toward the end of that tournament, it's going to be buttoned up against playoffs. So that is where, in my mind, the real test will be in terms of the American eyeballs. Because um, I, I don't know if the U.S. will be playing late into that tournament. It depends on how yeah. the group goes and what draw they get in the rat knockout rounds.
1: So it's happening between Monday, November 21st. So it's going to start right before Thanksgiving and go through December 18th. So... uh It'll be over before. It'll still. Before oh, playoffs.
0: yeah. It'll be over before NFL playoffs. It'll, you'll have college conference championships and stuff like that. And honestly, but, those
1: last, I mean, that last, those last couple of games. Yeah. You're going to be catching the beginning of, of bowl games. Really? I mean, it's going to be that, that, those, that. Yes. Final, but those for, games for are also the final will be after that. Uh, that's a great ending time. But
0: honestly. the games will also be played during the day in the United States. Not that's what I was going to say next
1: is that will help that you're not going to be going up against NBC's Sunday night football and Monday night football and, 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 you know, college football's nighttime stuff. Um, When you're getting played during the day, that'll help spread that out some and especially moving towards the holiday season where people's work schedules get a lot looser in December. That, that, that won't hurt. That won't hurt. And Thanksgiving week. I mean, that's going to be, they need to take full advantage of that. Thanksgiving week where a lot of people are
0: off. I will uh, tell you this though, this is, this, In my mind, this has to be a one-off. Like, FIFA has to realize this is going to be such a pain in the neck
1: for those club
0: teams that do not have to deal with this on a normal basis. They're going to hate this, and they're going to tell – you're going to have some really powerful people look at FIFA and say, never again, or we will get rid of all of you.
1: No, you got to play in June and July. they got to go back to normal. Uh, I mean, you own that calendar. This This is what I said about the show Yellowstone. They own the summer on Paramount Network or whatever. There's no other good new television coming on. I think that's why it's done so well up to this point. It, I, I know this is their last season coming up, and they probably will be in the fall next year, but that really worried me for their ratings last year. Good thing they came out with a bang. I, I, for soccer, get out of the fall. Get away from, for, from pro football and get back to the summer.
0: I don't think that that's guy. not, that's not the problem. That. That's not the problem in terms of FIFA. FIFA, honestly, like, the U.S. is a big market that they would love to have. But in terms of the global scale, they're not worried about American football. They're not worried about going up against American football. They're worried about being in the middle of club soccer seasons. Okay. This throws a giant wrench in all of it. Now, okay. Imagine there was American. I, I imagine I American football with- had, like, a World Cup. And then it's always played in the offseason. And then one year, they're like, you know what? Let's play it in the Middle East and let's play it during where we would normally have to play the regular season because we can't play it during the summer. Yep. You would I, have NFL teams being like, I don't know why we did this, but we're never going to do it again.
1: Yep. I, I, I'm not arguing anything you're saying. The American influence of decision-making is, is where my, what I was saying there. It was Those American sponsor companies
0: – they're not they, they gonna be pumped about it. No, they're not gonna they, be pumped. They wanna about see it. their logos in those
1: months they normally don't see their logos and they don't want it up against when they usually do also see their logos. And it's, and it's all influence. It would money. be like if the world, world baseball classic said, I mean, yeah. For a playing aspect makes much more sense. I agree. But there's a, a lot of American influence on those decisions. I mean, you can see it in Olympics, you can see it in the times these World Cup games get played, even though when they're in other countries, they 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 modify it to work for American audience in a lot of in a lot of senses. And so you'll you'll see some of that
0: some of it but i mean if american influences matter that this world cup wouldn't be there
1: i mean it also helps that like south america's time zones line up with american time zones too there's a lot of people down there too it it, it works out all for the better um you know brazil you know being in an american equivalent time zone works out but it 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 all matters it all that influence um So what is dominating my life? We'll go away from sports. We watched in the last week on Netflix, Is It Cake? (laughs) Mikey Day from Saturday Night Live hosted it. My middle child, Finley, she's kind of into those baking shows. They all kind of get into the competition shows. My wife, when we have, you know, the three birthdays a year for the kids, she makes incredible looking cakes. She's not so much trying to fool anybody, that it's a cake or not, but she makes very cool themed things. Um, You know, sometimes I'm happy, you know, anybody from Disney is not coming into our house because it's probably copyright infringement because she can make precise (laughs) replicas of Disney characters. I've seen it many times now. Um, She does a great job on making a cake, um, designing it, and then it tastes great too. Well, this show was fun. Uh, It was like eight episodes and they're quick. And it was one of the vibes of these reality competition shows where everybody's there to smile and and it's not cutthroat competition no one goes home throughout the competition people are winning money as it goes and they do end up having a winner but everybody's still around everybody's kind of still involved in the game and it made it fun and Mikey Day pulled off the hosting duties well and um it it was fun it was just one of those light shows that we enjoyed as a family and uh it was cool you know, you watch The Cake Boss or whatever on TLC. I hate that guy. And everybody's yelling at each other and they're moving the cake. And there's all these, you know, made up problems. This is none of that. It's just, I guess, what was the the English baking show or whatever it was that great British, everybody liked great so much?
0: Great British Bake Off. Yeah.
1: The British Bake Off. It's kind of in the vibe of that. Everybody's happy. And I, NBC had it with, uh, with, um, Amy Poehler and, uh, um, from Parks and Rec Ron Swanson um I'm just blanking on his real name Nick Offerman uh, They had the making it show and it was kind of in that same vibe where everybody's you know no one's out there pushing each other's stuff over and you don't have these crazy mean things happening and so it was nice so I I actually do recommend it for kind of uh casual viewing um it's not the worst thing and they do some incredible stuff with the cakes and it was also satisfying that the two best people in the competition ended up in the final against each other. So uh, it was a satisfying uh, thing. That's not a spoiler. You still got to see who the two best are. Um, But it really felt like um, it paid off. So I I enjoyed that for very casual, meaningless watching of television uh, and see, you know, it's just playing on the whole, like take something that's not ever a cake and make it a cake (laughs) look like it. And they do great. It was great.
0: Uh, This might be... um one of those that I just take your word for it. I've That's seen fine. the yeah, ads on Netflix. I'm not recommending it to
1: you. I think recommend it anybody that has interest in Sure, sure, in sure. cake. Yeah, I was going to say it seemed like if reality. you were into
0: the food shows it'd be right up your alley. I'm just typically yeah. I am not into the food shows. It's just not for me. Um,
1: I, honestly um, I'm typically not but I think uh, with my kids starting to get into it more I've watched a couple more and you know, we we yell at the TV on which one we thinks cake and which one we thought was the better one and uh, you know, and this it's, it's what what kids will do to
0: you <laughs> uh right. what do you uh, know, know that we need to you know, know.
1: We'll, let's let's end uh my stuff with will come swing to sports a bit. pull host back to the cardinals he hadn't been there for 10 years uh he played for the cardinals and he was at his best when he was a cardinal and winning mvps and hitting a whole bunch of home runs and then he went to the angels at a couple years of top production um and then fell off with his age as we predicted, but he, he made it through that 10 year contract, still playing baseball. I thought when he signed that thing, he'll retire before the end of that 10 year contract. He's signing a one year contract with the Cardinals this year, um, because he's wrapped up his 10 year deal. He did end uh, the dot with the Dodgers last year, um, after leaving the angels because they had no use for him going back to the Cardinals, the existence of the DH in the national league plays a big part into him going there. Um, but this kind of plays into the whole, like, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Baseball, so many different ways you, you have these kind of things. And it's just nice that he's able to go there and kind of have a curtain call. And he can go there and hit 16 home runs this year, pinch hit duty, play the DH some nights, um, and, and actually be a help to that team. And um, he's not going to have to go out and play the field a bunch or by any means, if at all. And, and so it's going to work. And the Cardinals can kind of say goodbye to him. He can say goodbye to St. Louis. And then when he goes to the Hall of Fame, he can wear that Cardinals cap on his hat. So I I'm not a big Cardinals fan, being a Pirates fan. Um, I have a lot of respect for Poolhost. I have seen him hit a home run in person before. Um, but I have a lot of respect for him and wish that he could own some of these records that he won't end up owning. Um, but uh you know, it's a this is one of those things I like about baseball. And you know, we've gotten in since we've done the podcast, we've had some of those instances where you know, guys throw no hitters at a at a real crazy time coming off of tragedy and, um, and stuff like that happens in sports. And it seems like it happens in baseball a lot. And this one isn't coming off a tragedy, but it's a real nice thing for a guy who's one of the best guys that ever played the sport.
0: Yes. I mean, I don't know what kind of guy he is, so I'm not going to go that far. But um, Is there smoke there? I don't know. I just... I haven't heard much, but maybe I, I don't you. know. It just seems like every time something comes out, I, I wouldn't have put said Deshaun Watson was a bad guy until the stuff that came out, came out. So well, then
1: everybody's bad. That's, that's fair.
0: I'm just saying, I don't know Albert Pujols. I, I don't know. I, I, just, I
1: guess I'm trying to base it on what I've seen happen within a baseball stadium and everything has seemed nice and he seems appreciative coming back to the Cardinals today at spring training Walking down the field, he's immediately getting to see an ovation. He's waving. Like, it it doesn't seem like a terrible thing. I guess if if he's beating children outside of the ballpark, I I haven't heard that.
0: I haven't heard anything bad, but I just, I don't know. I'm just not going to go that far. But that's, you're distracting me now.
1: Um, Well, then all your Orioles players obviously beat children.
0: There are some Orioles that aren't good people. Yeah, there are some Orioles that aren't great people, um, but going back to Albert Pujols.
1: That's a pessimistic approach to this conversation. That's fine. That's fine. Going back I to, think it's a nice thing. I, I might be wrong, I guess.
0: Going back to Albert Pujols, he'll definitely, if he plays, be a DH. I, I mean, this is a guy that does not have a team if it's not for the DH being universal, I don't think. So, Um. It's it's good that he gets to go back to St. Louis and be the DH there for a few games. I, I saw somebody put out, you know, oh, he's at six seventy nine. He's so close to seven hundred. I hope he can get there. That's not happening.
1: Twenty one home runs. Yeah, I said sixteen is what I said.
0: Yeah, he's he's not going to get there. Just looking at the past few years, he's not. He would have to hit more than he has hit. Like I think the, it
1: means twenty one.
0: I guess the last two years, he hit 22. So he needs to do what he did the last two years this year. And I just don't think that's going to happen. I think he's just aged. And I don't think more at-bats is going to create more home runs necessarily for him. Like I think he's just – I think he's at the point where he's – I also don't think he's going to justify playing every day. Unless the Cardinals are, like, really, really bad, I don't think he's going to be a guy that plays – nearly every game i think he's going to be like a spot dh
1: yeah i mean he played 109 games last year the year before in 2020 i guess that was a shortened season for everybody he played 39 yeah i yeah i said 16 home runs and that's probably max um yeah i'm not not arguing with you because even that there was a stretch before that he's he's around 20 so yeah it's it's been a while since he's hit 21 home runs and to think he can come just do that with spot duty at DH. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't. Yeah. I agree, but he can still wave his cap goodbye. And
0: sure. Yeah. He can do the retirement tour and all that. And that's great.
1: And it's this, this way he doesn't have to sign that one day contract to retire as a Cardinal. Sure. After this year. He can- just
0: do it naturally. And he is going to go down as, you know, a, a really good franchise in the St. Louis Cardinals. He's going to go down as one of their better players in the history of their franchise, which is
1: three MVPs. Yeah. It's nice yep. for him
0: to be back and be able to retire as a Cardinal. Yeah. Uh, that being said, let's get onto a Disney movie now. Um, Like, okay, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I watched Alice in Wonderland this week. Ugh. Yeah. It's only an hour and 20 minutes. Of lunacy. And not even, like, put together well lunacy. No, it's a long hour and 20 minutes. Like, yes. I did kind of feel that way. Like, halfway through it, I was like, man, are we going to wrap this up? Like, And that's not good. Like, when I'm half an hour into a movie, and I'm sitting there going... When are we wrapping this up? And you're right. It is. It's just non sequitur chaos. And man, I was just, there were just too many points where I was like, I don't like Alice. Who do you like?
1: That's what I was going to say. I don't like the people. I
0: don't like the people, the the other characters in the movie. There's nobody likable other than, I guess, the rabbit, the rabbit's okay, but,
1: but he's weak you're either weak or mean yeah but he has the
0: voice of some other disney characters that just pop in my head
1: yeah i i don't like the movie even as a child i didn't like the movie i remember in preschool age my mom renting it i think like the library and i just
0: i think i just wasn't into it i've never
1: been into it we've watched it with the kids recently i continue not to be in it i i don't know
0: it's just not good like that's the thing
1: it it isn't the songs. when you told me you were gonna watch it i was like have fun I'm I'm out like some of these other movies I've tried to like I've had an attempt to watch some like the same region of time that you have so I can be reminded on this one I was like I don't need it I don't like it I'm not doing it
0: the the songs in Alice in Wonderland I couldn't pick a favorite because I hated them all I mean like when it starts and you have like that really old chorus like just the old timey sound chorus Come in, everyone's singing the high notes so high that it like pops on the recording and it's like not recorded well. Kind of like this podcast is sometimes when Lila and I get animated and start yelling at each other. Um, And it over modulates all over the place. Like when that's going on, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm about to pull the eject button on this and we're not even like two minutes in. But you get through that and you're like, okay, now we're through it. It's going to be fine. Wrong the other songs in the movie also terrible the mad hatter and the mad Hare, also terrible uh the queen of hearts songs like, what's bad. the
1: point what's the like what do we like that's the other thing like i learning? think
0: you, you would think halfway through it's like oh alice needs to learn manners okay well then when alice has manners no one else has manners and then when alice doesn't have manners people expect manners i'm like i don't this is bad and then you're like, oh well the one was like, don't lose your temper. Okay, well everyone in the entire movie loses their temper all the time. And then she comes back from her dream and the teacher's like, What's the lesson? And she says whatever the caterpillar said about the crocodile and his stupid scales. And she's like, No. And then the movie ends, and you're like, Great. I <laughs> awesome. I just Ugh. I mean there was a point where like I'm just sitting there, I'm like, Man, I just kinda want no one to make it out of this. Like, I know how this ends because I've seen Alice in Wonderland before, but and I will say this whoever thought it was a good idea to put Johnny Depp and Tim Burton's version like together, look, Tim Burton is nuts enough. He does not need Alice in Wonderland to add to the nuts.
1: Like Tim Burton wants to put him in every movie.
0: That but what I'm saying is Tim Burton movies are weird enough. I don't need an Alice in Wonderland weird level with it. Like the Tim Burton and Batmans are Oof. bizarre. Those are some bizarre Batmans when you're watching the Tim Burton Batmans. When you're watching Nightmare Before Christmas, I love it. Bizarre. Corpse's Bride, weird. My, Alice in Wonderland, Tim oh,
1: Burton, I do have one Tim Burton movie I like, and it's probably his most normal movie that I can think of. It's called Big Fish. You know that movie?
0: It sounds familiar.
1: I like that movie. It's a good one. He, he, it's an acceptable range of Tim Burton. And uh, I do like that movie. Um, but, uh, and we actually just recently caught it on Netflix. Uh, we hadn't seen it in a while since I think it came out when I was in high school. Um, but it's a it's a solid little movie. But, um, yeah, Tim Burton's a lot. But, yeah, he loves Johnny Depp. He, he wants, it's, it's Tarantino with Sam Jackson. Like, he just, he wants to put him in every movie.
0: It's Adam Sandler with the people in the Adam Sandler movies.
1: Scorsese with DiCaprio.
0: That's, uh, oh, my gosh. I just can't. It's honestly, like, it's just not a good story. I just, I did it because it was one I hadn't seen in a while. I was like, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm just not remembering it fondly. And maybe when I watch it again, it will be better. I was, I was right. It's not a good movie. And um, I will say next week, I I have much higher hopes for the movie next week. It's going to be Aladdin next week. And uh, we'll talk about Aladdin then unless you have something you want to add about anything we've said already, I'll go ahead and wrap this up, Leland.
1: No, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm trying to find, you know, I'm digging through the internet of like rumors about Albert Pujols and other than his birth age, that's the
0: only thing I got, so. Well, I mean, okay, that's not nothing. <laughs> is this Danny
1: Almonte? Is, this, is, that, is that who that's, he became? It's not nothing.
0: <laughs> but that will do it for us on this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it again. We're going to be getting ready to break down spring sports more in depth. We'll also have an MLB season preview coming next week uh, because opening day is just around the corner there and the Baltimore Orioles, as usual being disrespected by the entire media, nobody giving a, a chance and uh, we'll hear what I okay, have to where are say they about finish? that. I will. I'll save it for next week. There's uh, it's embargoed until next week. So there's your teaser. Uh, but until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Yak Sports Podcast. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Yak Sports Pod, Facebook Yak Sports Pod, or you can email us if that's your jam, yaksportspod at gmail.com. Be sure to tell us what you thought about anything we talked about, whether it's the spring sports in Augusta County, what you think of the Final Four, uh, anything Leland and I said, maybe stuff we missed that we should have brought up. Give it to us. Until then, folks. Make sure you're subscribing on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts so you don't miss another episode. Again, next week, we'll be talking more spring sports in Augusta County. We'll talk MLB season previews and Aladdin. Who knows? Maybe even some more soccer talk for a Until then, folks, have a good week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.